Okay, so let's learn. So we're up to, uh, we're doing Sefer Mitzvahs over here. So we're up to Mitzvah Samach Zion. Mitzvah Samach Zion, it's on page Nundalit in the uh, editions that we have. You know, I was, I, when I was preparing this last night, so this is one of those mitzvahs where, like, going in, I was a shtickle worried about, like, whether it be, like, relevant and sort of how to take it in terms of Avaida, but um, it actually becomes, it, it's actually becomes very, very relevant, especially now that we're entering into El and Tishrei, the whole Avaida of this Tkufa. So let's begin. Let's begin. So Mitzvah Samach Zayin He, the seventy seventh Mitzvah, is Shetzivonu Shiyamaisa Hamincha Al Tayer Hanizka. We know again the, the past uh, five Mitzvahs or so, four Mitzvahs we've been doing were different Karbanas. Like there was a Mitzvah of, of doing a carbon Eula properly and doing a carbon Chatas properly and so on. So now we're transitioning into the new category of Mitzvah of Karbanas, which is a Karbanincha flower offering, as we'll see. So again, this the Mitzvah is Shiyamaisa Hamincha. That every type of mincha that a person is bringing, it should be brought in an appropriate way. For Amri Yisbarach, and this is the Pasuk in Parshas Vayikra, the nefesh kisakrev karba mincha Hashem, that if a person brings a karba mincha for Hashem, so then the Pasuk goes on, the Parsha goes on to talk about all the details about the, the different types of minchas and how to bring it and so on. And the Pasuk continues, the mincha machavas, the minchas marcheshes, which we'll speak about these types and after all these uh, karbanas, different types of minchas, variations are discussed, so the Pasuk sort of sums it all up, these, this is, these are the halachas of the mincha. So that's the mitzvah, bring a mincha properly. And the laws of this mitzvah, with all of its, uh, with at least most of its details, it's in the mesechta that's specifically made for this, or it's loimer, mesechas benachas, that's mesechas benachas. That's the, uh, that's, the mitzvah, that's the mitzvah, bringing a carbon mincha. Okay, so, again, so kidarkenu, let's, um, let's go marimakaimis, we'll just go through just a bunch of rambams, basically, in Hilchas Meiser Karbanis, where he goes through the procedure of how to bring a mincha, what exactly is a mincha, flower offering, what exactly is the procedure of bringing such a mincha, and then we'll move into the panemius to understand what the avoid is, at least for us nowadays, that unfortunately we don't have the actual mincha, what can we do to be makashra ourselves to it as well. Okay, so basically it's like this. The, the, there's, a, there's all different types of minchas. There's all different types of minchas, but the, min, the minchas that we'll be focusing on, which are included in this mitzvah, are five different types. There's five types of minchas that a person can voluntarily bring, okay? Um, just to list them, and then, you know, we'll speak through each, each one uh, very quickly. Again, the, the, the sort of the, the, the basic procedure is the same with all of them. The difference is, is just in nuances here and there, as we'll see. There's something called a minchas soilus, which is your classic mincha flower offering. We'll, we'll speak about in a moment how do you do that. That's called a minchas soilus. So we'll begin, we'll begin with that. So, Marmaka number one, the Rambam in Hilchas Meiser Karbanis. Again, all these halachas are coming from, as the Rambam himself said, Mesechas Menachas, and different Mishnahis and prices. But again, it's just easier going with the Rambam. He just sort of uh, organizes it for us. So, the Rambam says like this. Again, it's in the Parak Yud Gimel in Meiser Karbanis, halacha hey. Minchas hasoilas keitzad hoisinasas. So, how would a person, how was it made? For, before we even get to the procedure of how it was sacrificed, just how it was made, Pashat. What was a minchas soilus, a flower offering? How was it made? So again, a person wakes up in the morning. It's, uh, these are, this mincha, again, these minchas that we're discussing today are not obligatory. You don't have to. It's just you want to. So a guy wakes up in the morning. He wants to bring a minchas. What does he do? So maybe isarin soilus. So the, 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 the minimum amount of flour for a mincha is an isarin. Isarin is, I mean, there's different shitas and so on. It's approximately, let's say, a gallon worth of flour that measurement. It's about a gallon of flour. 
maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on the shitas and so on. Or you could bring more than one isarin, but isarin, one isarin is the basic, uh, that's the minimum. Whatever the person's nedr is, a person makes a vow that he's going to bring a mincha of ten isronos, that, that could be. The shemen and he also has to bring along with him oil. Oil that was going to be mixed up with the, with the mincha. The measurement of oil, it was one lug per isaron. A lug is... Um, about a pint, something like that. So that was the that was the the measurement or so. One lug per isarin. Umaydid be isarin shall mikdash. Now, in order to measure this isarin, the farmer, for example, whatever it is, he would bring like a you know a big thing of flour, and they would specifically use a a vessel from the base of mikdash to measure the proper amount of an isarin. Okay, so that's step one. So now the kain, the, the the owner has a, a measure measured isarin in the base of mikdash. The nice in shem So now what you do is you take the vessel that the mincha is going to end up in, and first you put some oil from the oil that you're that you're using for your mincha. You pour some oil on the bottom of the kli, sort of cover the, the bottom of it. Then you pour the, the measured the measured flour into that vessel that has some oil. Then you take again some more oil, pour it on top of the flour you just poured. So there's oil on the bottom and oil on top. And now you mix up the oil and the, and the flour all together. You then take the mixture of flour and oil that you just prepared, pour it into a klishares, a sanctified vessel from the Beis HaMikdash, thus making it mamish bekedushas carbon. So until now, it sounds like from the Rambam, until now the vessels that you've been using were necessarily Kaddish. They, they could be theoretically, uh, you know, your own pots and pans that, that you happen to have with you. But the final pouring into this third, this final vessel is a klisharis. So, so that's a question. Mefarshim asked this on the Rambam. This is one of the kashas on the Rambam. The Rambam, again, the, he does sound like until now everything could be done with chulin uh, vessels. One of the kashas that the Mefarshim asked is. If we're in the base of Migdash and we're using their vessels, like, you know, then it should be Kaddish. So it's a Kasha they ask in the Rambam. It's not clear what the answer is, but that's what it seems like from the Rambam. From the thing, from the base of Migdash. Yeah. Right, right. That's why some of the Farshim say that, uh, that maybe the language of Rambam is Lavdafka, even though he only mentions the fact that the final vessels are Klishars, maybe he means that the whole time it was a Klishars too. It's unclear, but a simple reading is that only the, the, the final vessel you're using has to be Klishars. So that, that's, that, that's the question the Farshim deal with. It's a Shver Rambam. It's a Shver Rambam. The Pashtas is that the, measure, the, 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 the vessel you used to measure the flour was owned by the Beis HaMikdash, which means it's a Klisharis, which means that if you put the flour in it, it's going to be Kaddish automatically. It's a question. It's a question. It's a little bit of a Shver Rambam. You see a leash if you put the oil in first. It's not the normal way. Right. So all this, so the, the, the process that the Rambam is describing of putting oil in first and then flour, and then oil again, mixing it up and pouring it into another klisharis, it's all based on sukkim. Because all the, as we'll see, all the different minchas that, are being, that we'll be discussing, like each mincha in, in, in Parshas Vayikra, each mincha sort of throws in one of these aspects. And so the Gemara uses drushes to sort of like put all the details put together, and this is the process that, that comes out of it. That's the Gemara uh, Menachas. Yeah, the pure oil. The, the oil that was used in the Beis HaMikdash, there was two grades for it. Like, the, the purest of the pure was used for the Menorah. It was all olive oil, yeah. But the purest of the pure was used for the Menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. 
The next level down was still, you know, grade A, but uh, the next level down was used for minchas. So it was all olive oil, but uh, it wasn't shemen zai zach, because that's, that's mamish for the menorah. So that's... Huh? I'm sorry, didn't every... Not every carbon, many carbonas. Minchas nesachim. There's a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of carbonas had it. We're talking about today the mitzvah. The, no, we're talking about the voluntary minchas that you bring on your own. Yeah, the mincha the oni. That's what we're going to talk about. That's not. We're talking about voluntary minchas that the person brings. So again, that's the process. Okay. So now it's in vachikach again. Nice beklishari. So you have this flour oil mixture in a klishari. And now the th- you, you pour oil a third time. You take oil and you pour it on top of that mixture. So there's three uh, oilings, right? You oil the bottom of the pan, you oil the, the flour on top, and after it's all mixed up together and put into a klisharis, you oil that again, okay? The shemen shenasatchila and shemen habol and shemen shiotzak, and these three oils, again, the bo- the, that you put on the bottom, that you put on top, and then the one that you put again on top, is al kol lug lisar, and again, it's all a lug per isarim. V'noisin aleha levinasa. Fine. Now you have this final mixture of oil and water, uh, oil and, and flour, and then you take the third ingredient that you need is some incense, levin, which is a certain type of incense. No water whatsoever. Huh? No water whatsoever. So we're, yeah, for this is no water. This is no water. We'll see. And then you take the levina, some uh, uh, an amount of, of incense, and you pour it on top. That's again the procedure about how you have a mincha silas. Again, we're not talking about yet. The process of sacrificing it, but just that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, it was hand mixed by the kind, right? Now it's interesting. It sound, it also just a little bit on the side. This entire process, it seems, was allowed to be done by Israel. You didn't need a kind to do all of this. It's in the base of Megdash, and he's using the klisharis, but it didn't have to be necessarily with a kind. So that's uh, we'll see. The actual akravas hamincha was certainly with a kind, but the preparing it could have been done by the owner of the Israel. Huh? In the Beis Hamikdash, but uh, not in the Hechel. No, no, no. no. As it's Yisrael, you can have uh, places that Yisrael can be in. Okay, that's the first type. That's just sort of your basic standard minchas and mincha silas. Now you get a little bit more specific. There's another type of mincha, well, the two types of minchas, which is called a minchas machavas or a minchas marcheshes. A machavas and marcheshes are different types of pans. Okay, as we'll see soon. And this is a mincha which, which uh, was basically pan fried. Okay, we'll see in a second. So let's go through Maram number two. Different type of mincha again. And, and it will be up to the person that's taking the vow to determine what he wants to bring. If the guy says, I want to bring a mincha silas, so fine. The guy says, I want to bring a mincha machavas, and then, then that's, it's all based on how he, uh, how he decides. So let's see again. Minchas hamachavas v'hamarcheshes ketzad. How was a minchas machavas or marcheshes made? Again, minchas that are made, that are sort of pan fried, is like this. So again, the same thing, the same process as before. Nice and Hashem v'kli, nice and olav asaylas. You put shemen in the bottom of the vessel. You pour, you put the the, the flour on top. The nice and olav asaylas shemen acher. And again, and then you put oil on top of the flour. Ubayla asaylas. You mix it all together. So far is the same as before. But now it gets a little bit unique. V'yachakach lasha b'poishin. And now you take this flour and oil mixture and you mix it with lukewarm water, with lukewarm water. The reason why you're, you're kneading it with lukewarm water is because every mincha, it's a klal, very few exceptions, every mincha had to remain matzah. Even after you bake it, it has to remain matzah. It cannot become chametz. And so using warm water, that's a peishrin, that's a, a way of keeping it, of keeping it, you know, of sort of uh, slowing down the chametz process. So fine. So now you take this oil and flour mixture, mix it with, with water. Yeah. exactly the opposite. The hotter the water, the more likely it is to let it. 
Well, that's what it is. So, Paishin. Oh, room temperature, not uh, not 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 warm. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's probably because it's easier. Pardon me. No, no, no. Okay, there you go. Ah, it's more likely. Ah, ah. Ah. I that's the potion. Ah. To sit the room temperature, and that'll keep it. I hear. Uh huh. Okay, so per, okay, so there you go. Okay. No, 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 either of that's, that's No, no, no. That's good. That's good. Fine. So you take the. Uh, so now you have dough. Basically, you have dough. And now you take that and you bake it in one of these pans, either a machavas pan or a marcheshes pan, depending on how he made the nether. We'll see, we'll see in a moment the difference between these two types of pans. Okay, so now you have this uh, baked, baked you know, matzah bread, whatever it is, in these pans. Um, now, after it's baked, you then take it and you break it into pieces. We'll see that soon. The nice number clicharis, and now you go back to the regular, you know, the, the procedure that we had before. Now you have these, uh, this baked, again, matzah, bread, whatever it is, broken up into smaller pieces. You then put that into a klisharis, the yaitzik, shemen, you pour oil on top, the nice levenasa, and you put some of the incense. So, in other words, so this, this minchas machavas or macheshes, like in, in between, right before you poured that final oil on top, you again, you baked it in, a, in different types of pans, and you broke it up into smaller pieces, and then you continue with the following procedure. So it's not raw flour, it's now, uh, it's now uh, smaller pieces of actually baked, baked bread. Now the Raman says, Ma bin machavas or marcheshes? What are these two different types of pans, a machavas or marcheshes? So the answer is, a marcheshes, says the Rambam, is yeshla safa. A marcheshes is a pan that's deep, it's like a deep pan. It has uh, it, it's, it's, it, it has enough depth to it that it has walls around it, you know? It's um, like, like a small pot type of thing. Yeah, like, a, like yeah. Right. And, the, 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 and because of that, the dough that you're going to be cooking, baking, in this, in this deeper pan is able to be a little bit looser because you're not worried about it spilling over, because it has, you know, it's sitting in the pan. Because it has walls around it, keeping it in, it's not going to spill over. So when you're making, when you, a person makes a nether to make a minchas marcheshes, it means that the mixture of oil and uh, the mixture of water into the dough, into the flour, is going to be such that it's a little bit looser. And therefore, when you're baking it, you need to bake it in a receptacle that, to make sure that it's not going to spill over everywhere. Umachavas, however, a machavas is sort of like a tray. It's not even a, a deep pan at all. Ein <coughs> it doesn't have any walls around it. And therefore, when you make a nether to bring this type of mincha, what you're basically also saying is, is that the mixture of oil, uh, of water in the, in the flour is going to make it like a hard, like a, a solid dough. It's it's You make it uh, solid. That it shouldn't be like like a, like a, like um, like batter or something, where it just like spells all over the place. It should be solid, like a, like a loaf of bread, you know, things like that. So those are the different types of, of minchas again, minchas marcheshes versus minchas uh, machavas. Okay. These are still minchas that you're voluntarily bringing. These are just depending on what you do. 
depending on how he how he made the nether. Right. No, I'm saying it has to be a nether, a lotion of a nether. Or, or nadava. I mean, it could be nadava as well. Like if the person has a thing of flowers, says I'm going to make harezu mincha. That's also uh, yeah. Okay. Another category of mincha, a similar process, but um, is called a minchas ma'afei tanur. A minchas ma'afei tanur is basically similar to the two minchas machavas or marcheshes. It's just instead of using pans, you're simply just putting it in the oven. That's basically, that's basically the only difference. So minchas, the, number three, the Ram explains, minchas ma'afi tanur ketzad. What was this other type of mincha, which is called a mincha ma'afi tanur, a mincha that's baked in the oven? So within this, it's a little bit complicated. Within this, there's two categories. There's, again, the basic, the basic concept is the same. It's that while, after you mix up the oil and water, uh, after you mix up the yeah, after you mix up the oil and water, now you're baking it without any trays or pans. Or, you know, you're just putting it straight in the oven. With that, there's two forms that this can take: either mamish loaves, or rakikin, or uh, like crackers. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the, those are the two types of within this category of pashit uh, baked minchas. So again, the Rambam explains: imchalasi, if a type of Mincha mafitan, or the type of baked mincha that you're that you made an edder to is chalais. So what you do is again, this is the procedure. Again, you mix up the oil and the and the and the flour. You mix it with the room temperature water, and now instead of baking it in pans or trays, you bake it in an oven straight. and then you again you crack it, crack it up into smaller pieces, just like you did with the previous type. The nice and clean, and then you go back the same process. Nice and clean You put it into a klisharis. The nice and lovinasa, and you put incense on top of it. Now the ein vayitzika shemen. What's you know one little difference? What's unique to this final category of mincha that's baked in an oven is that there's no final pouring of oil. Okay, that's again exerasakasa. There's no final pouring of oil. It's just after it's baked, you break it up into smaller pieces, and you put uh, incense on top, and that's the. That's the, the that's that's how it's done in terms of uh, bringing it, huh? After the baking of the incense. Yeah, after, after. Always in all, in all, in all the, oh, yeah, previous ones as well. It was never baked with the incense on it, uh-huh. right? Shenemri quotes a pasuk: Chalos matzos bulos b'shem. Okay, vimra kikinhi. If let's say the type of baked mincha that you made an edit to is not a chala baked mincha, but it's a a cracker baked mincha, a rikikin. So the process is again like this. Lush es Again, you mix the flour with uh, with room temperature water, and umayshech es arakikin b'shemen. Then you you form it into a cracker shape, obviously, and then you anoint it with oil. This one does have extra oil. You anoint it with oil prior to going in. Prior to going in, shenemar. Uh, well, you'll see. Uh, we'll see in a second, actually. Shenemar arakikin matzis meshuch b'shemen. The yearly says Ram. It seems to me now that point that you just made. It's not so clear. The yearly. It seems to me shaachar afiyam meshuch b'shemen that you would you would anoint that you would you would shmir oil on these on these crackers after it was baked. So that's the um, that's the process of of the Rambam. Okay. This is the different So again, so altogether, I think we have five different types of minchas. You have your classic minchas soilas, flour offering. Mamash remains flour, you know, till the very till uh, till the end. It's not it's not baked at all. And then you have two types of minchas which are baked in pans, right? Either a minchas machavas or a minchas marcheshas. Again, either a deep pan or more of a tray. Okay. And then you have two types of minchas which are baked in an oven. Either a minchas mafetanur that's made in a challah shape. Or minchas mafetano that's made in a cracker shape. Those are the five different types of minchas. I, I, I don't understand the, the last part. The yeah. Like one's like a matzah essentially, and the other one's what? what are the like a like a roll, like a yeah. You can, I don't know if they have to braid well, it, but like a, uh, like a 
Yeah, like a like a like a thing, a loaf, like a loaf. It was still matzah. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was still within eighteen minutes. You know. Yeah, it's hard to know exactly. It's the difference between our matzahs and the Sfarshim. Right. So it was. It was within eighteen minutes. Right. It was. The, reki- the, the the cracker, the, the rakiki. If you leave it for an hour, it's going to just burn. But if you get the first two hours, they leave it a little higher. Right. And that way, it, it turns harder or bakes at a different level, and that's considered a hour. Right. Uh-huh. Or a pizza, because it's it's got a little more space. Then there's the second question: What's the difference between the challah of thing and the pan? The is, what is I don't know. It's, it's a, I guess different uh, different way it was made. It's just a It's just a different it's a different way how it was made. Just a different way how it was made. Yeah. Okay. So let's go further. Maramukam number four. Um, yeah. So now the Raman just continues with a, a, a couple more details about some of the process of. Of, uh, of making these types of minchas. So he says like this, um, all the four types of minchas which are baked, again, whether it be the two pan ones or the two oven ones, when you do bake them, you have to take whatever volume of, of uh, each, isar, you know, let's say you're bringing the sarn of, of, of a mincha, the sarn has to be broken down into 10 different loaves. So it wasn't just one big tray of your entire mincha or one big pan or whatever, it was broken up into ten different parts. Then If it's more than ten, less than ten, it's still kosher. But it should be ten different, different pieces, ten different uh, you know loaves or whatever. Now he goes on. Okay, the kate said paisin noisan, and now after it was baked or fried or whatever in the pans or in the oven, now the Raman mentioned before that you break it, right? You break it into smaller pieces. So how would you do that? So the Raman says, what you do is kaifal achal Again, it was soft. Day. It was. It wasn't like a matzah, the Ashkenazi matzahs that we have. It was. It was soft. So you were able to able to fold it. You fold each each one of the the ten chalas, whatever. You would fold it in half. You would fold that in half. Umavdil and and break those apart. So each one you would break into four pieces. Okay. So then the Raman goes on. Fine. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll stop with that. That's enough. Fine. So those are the four. Those are the five different types of minchas. So now you have these minchas in front of you. Now what's the process of actually sacrificing it or bringing it? So the avoid the So Maramukha number five. Now the Rambam tells you the procedure of uh, how to process these minchas. So seder havois mincha ketzad. How do you actually bring the mincha? Again, all the minchas are going to follow the similar. Once they're ready, finished being made and being prepared, they all follow the same basic procedure, which is as follows: Mevi adam Again, the guy brought flour from his home. The kolasis shall kesef, shall zav, shall sharmini matachais, klishu roy It's interesting. The halacha was that Ram could have mentioned this before. Ram mentions this now: is that when the farmer or the yisrael, whatever, is bringing the flour from his house. Obviously, he's not bringing it in a klisharis. He's a regular guy. He doesn't have a klisharis. But the halach is when he's bringing his flour to the base of Migdash, he should bring it in a vessel that theoretically could be a klisharis, meaning it has to be made of metal, precious metals. If, uh, but he should not be using, like, he shouldn't be bringing just a, you know, a, a sack of flour or a, or a wooden uh, vessel or something like that. Again, it's not a klisharis mamish, but for whatever reason, Gzerasakasov, it has to be in a vessel, it has to be brought to the base of Migdash in a vessel that can theoretically have been a klisharis. Fine. 
Fine, so now it's already prepared as we went through. Each mincha is prepared. So step one, the kain takes this, the final uh, mincha that's prepared in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a pan or whatever, and he walks it to the mizbeach. He touches the mincha to the, the, the southwestern corner of the mizbeach. Again, the corner, of the, the southwestern corner. That's enough. He, put, he touches the pan to the corner. He doesn't have to make sure the flower touches. He touches the pan to the corner, and that's called hagasha. That's step one of a mincha. It's unique. We don't. We didn't have this by animal karbanis that you have to touch it to the mizbech. This is unique to a mincha. That's step one. Step two. Masalik es levaynasa letzadechad. He 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 moves the incense that was placed on top of each mincha. Right. He moves it to the side. And now he does what's called kemitza, one of the most important processes of a mincha, which is called, uh, kemitza means, kemitza uh, is like a handful. What he does is he goes and scoops out a handful of the mincha, not the levina, he moved the levina to the side, but the flour and oil mixture or the baked, you know, mincha, whatever it is, he takes a, a fistful, a handful of it. We'll see soon the process of that. misalto mishamna. Fine. The nice and akamis of klisharis. He then takes that fistful of, again, whether it be uh, flour and oil or crumbs, whatever it is, and he puts that fistful into another klisharis. Umakacha be klisharis. That other klisharis sanctifies that fistful. Fine. Umalakidis kolvei Then he goes back to the original mincha and gathers together all the incense that he pushed aside. He then takes the incense and puts it on the fistful that he put on the other vessel, right? He takes that other vessel of now with a fistful of, of mincha plus the levaina, the incense, walks it to the mizbech, puts on some salt. As we saw, everything on the mizbech has to be salted. The pours it on the fire, so he throws it on the fire, from the klisharis, and that's the haktar, that's, uh, that's the burning of the mincha. So only the fistful, only this fistful plus the, the levaina. The rest of it was eaten, as we'll see soon, was eaten by the kahanim, okay? That's the, uh, that's the halacha, that's the halacha. Now, how, how was the fistful taken? How was the fistful taken? So in Marmokin number six, the Ramam says like this, Ketzad koimsin minachis hanik matzis. How do you take out this fistful? So the Ramam says, very simple, Kederch shekaimetz galadam, the way you take... The way you take a fist of anything, I don't know, you, you put your hand in and you take a fist. Take a fistful of uh, flour and so on. I'll pass yadai on, you know, the, the palm of your hand. The kaimitz, and that's what you do. Now, the, the Rambam, the Rambam the Ram, he says that so simply, just like you take a fistful, finished. So it's not, it's not so clear, because when you learn the Gemara, especially the way Rashi learns the Gemara, the Menachos, and so on, that doesn't, it seems that the process of kamitz was much more complicated than just sticking your hand and getting a fist, and that's it. According to Rashi, the process was is that you stick your hand in, and it's a little bit hard to describe for people that are going to be listening. You, you basically, the three middle fingers, not your, pink, you know, not your pinky, not your thumb, you close those three fingers, and you use your thumb to smooth any part of the mincha that's sticking out of the, your index finger, and you use your pinky to smooth out any flower that's sticking out from underneath your ring finger. So it's really three fingers full of, uh, it's not a fistful, it's really three fingers full. And that's why, by the way, the Gemara says that Kemitza was one of the malachas, which are a malacha kashish, which was one of the hardest things for the kind of to do. Why? Like, what's so hard about that? Well, the answer is because for a flower mincha, it's not a big deal. Just, okay, take a three fingers full of flour, use your thumb and uh, pinky to, you know, to even it out, not a big deal. 
what's hard is if you're dealing with a baked mincha already, where you're dealing with pieces that are sizable, and so you have to do that, and now you have to use your pinky and thumb to crack and to really break the, the, the baked pieces to make sure that it's even, that it doesn't stick out, and all that's, that's much harder physically, it's much harder to do. Now, the Ramam doesn't mention it. The Ramam just seems like it's just posh. It's like, mom is a fistful, and that's it. So that's a big question in Achreinim, where the Ramam is coming from. But that seems to be the opinion of the Ramam that was just posh a fistful, without the complicated, you know, thumb and, and, and pinking and so on. Okay, that's the mincha. I always thought to just with dried flour. Right, no, that's the dry, if you do, if you're bringing a dried flour one, then it's easy. The, 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 what makes kamitza difficult is when you're dealing with a baked one where you, now you have to use your thumb and pinky to really crack the baked pieces of bread because you can't do it, you have to use, that's part of the kamitza, according to Rashi, you have to use your thumb and pinky to do that. That's malachash that, that's, that's physically difficult to do. They have to practice with that. Okay, fine. That's all the process of a mincha. No, we should be zaycha to, uh, to do it. Now let's learn a little bit of the panemius, what is happening by a mincha and we'll see how it connects to us. Okay, so Rambuk number seven, this is from Daivar Tzedek. It's from Tzedek, one of his farm, Daivar Tzedek. It's on page 92. So he says, I have the good thing. You know, he, he's, this piece, he's talking about general, the Indian of Carbonus in general. And then he moves on specific to a mincha. He says like this, When we had a Beis so living during the Tkuf of the Beis HaMikdash meant that even if you were, uh, quote-unquote, an average Joe, you had unbelievable milus and shlemus to you. You were holding by a very big madrega the fact that you were just living in an era where there was a base in English. So everyone, even the average person, had unbelievable shlemus and milus, spiritual, uh, spiritual milus. They were not simple people. But but here's this is a classic Ratzadik way of way of going about it. That itself can be that itself demands a a certain avoid. The fact that a person has certain milus, it demands now that this person has these milas, he has to recognize that these milas were given to him from the Rabbanu Shalom, they're not his own. And so when a person has talents, when a person has, has gifts, whether it be physical, spiritual, you name it, it obligates the person to sort of be makir that the Rabbanu Shalom is one that gave that to you. And so says Ratzadik, it was dafka when you had a Beis HaMikdash that Karbanas was so important. Because what was Karbanas? So he says again, the person had to had the obligation to recognize that that Mila and that Shlemus that they were that they had in their personal lives, he was coming from the Rabbanishlav. It wasn't themselves, it wasn't you know. And that's what Kurbanas were about. Is Every Karban, again, the past few weeks we've been talking about specifics, but in a general sense, what all Karbanas really are about is the, 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 the Yisrael coming to the Beis and taking this animal which represents that the person's personal Kaychus HaNefesh, whether it be his spiritual talents or whatnot, and he sacrifices it to the Rabbani Shalom, basically saying, everything I have is from the Rabbani Shalom. I don't have anything on my own. And other Rabbah says, the greater the person, the more they had to bring Karbanas. Because the more the more shlemus, the more milus that they personally have, the greater they are, the more it they they, they have the, the more it, that obligates them to recognize that everything that they have comes from their banishlam. Person has nothing, they have nothing. But if you have a lot, then that obligates you to recognize where it's all coming from. So that's all the general mincha, the, the general carbon. Umincha, now what about a mincha in particular? What what kayach, what mila within the person is he why bringing a mincha is he saying that this is a gift from the Rabbanu Shalom? 
Well, says Ratzadik, Umincha mevi ani. Who brings a mincha? As was mentioned before, the Pasuk describes a poor person, right? Because he could only afford flour and oil and so on. Ratzalimer, what does it mean, a poor person? This is a guy that doesn't have many milas. He doesn't have a lot of uh, spiritual kaiches. He's not a big Talmud Chacham. He's not a big Ovid. He's not a big Davener and so on. He doesn't have a lot of milas. But this he does have, which is what? He's a healthy human being. He's healthy, he's normal. Nefesh. What does mean nefesh? Nefesh doesn't mean, like there's different terminology, like neshama means like spiritual kaiches. Nefesh means like uh, the, the, a person's humanity. Nefesh means that he's healthy, he's, he's, he's emotionally well, he's physically healthy. That's who he is. That's, that's his nefesh. What a mincha is, is a mincha is, 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 is brought by a person who, what they have going for them, their mila is that I'll call upon them, I'm emotionally healthy, I'm emotionally well, I'm normal. And when a person brings a mincha, what they're saying is that even my normalcy, my basic sanity, is also a gift from the Rabbani Shalom. That's what a mincha is. That's why in the parish of mincha, it says nefesh kisakriv. That in nefesh, that a person that brings the karma mincha, this is the halachas. But dafka nefesh, it uses that term because that's what a person is sacrificing with, with the mincha. What they're saying is, what they're acknowledging is, that even my sanity, my everything that makes me normal and human, that's also a gift from the Rabbani Shalom. For Darshu Chazal, and Chazal say on that, nafsha humakriv, that that's what the person is doing. He's sacrificing his nefesh. As we explained, as the Pasuk says, Ki adam. and that's why mincha was made of flour, or even if it was baked or whatnot, which is bread, right? Because bread, as the Pasuk says, is the basic ingredient to keep you alive. It's not extra, it's not anything, you know, it's just basic, basic, right? Bread represents everything that you need to just function as a normal, healthy person. Mashenkin are however, meat, other karbanas, which are animals, that's tisephus, that's already milas, that's already, un, you know, not net, those are sort of, I guess, in a certain sense, unnecessary for one's, like, basic function. And that would represent additional miles a person has. He's a tamar chacham, he's, a, he's talented, he, who, who knows, he's a big davener. Other milas, that, that was sacrificed, that was acknowledged that it's come from the Rabbanu when you brought animals. Because it's again, it's like meat, these things that are not essential to just being alive. A mincha was sacrificing, was acknowledging one's health, one's mental and emotional health and physical health. And that's what you're acknowledging with a mincha, that it comes from the Rabbani Shalom. Now he says an amazing thing, now that we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, so we don't bring a mincha anymore. Why? Because we're not emotionally healthy anymore. Without a Beis HaMikdash, we're not emotionally well, we're not physically healthy. Because even feeling just alive, Pasha being feeling alive uh, emotionally and physically, we don't have that perfection anymore without a Beis HaMikdash. This is the Mamli Bukhidish. The Beis HaMikdash, as our tzaddik, was not just, was not just a, 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 you know, a place that imbued Kla Yisrael with spiritual shlemas. In a Yisrael with, with, with human shleimus, that we were emotionally healthy and well-rounded and well-adjusted and normal, Pasha normal. And without a Beis HaMikdash, we're not just missing milas of ruchnias, we're missing, uh, we're missing, you know, even, even just, just human things. He says, Rak achert However, davening, which is in replace of karbanas, so that means if we still have davening, it means that through davening, a person can be zaycha to have a certain level of of that sense of nefesh, that sense of, of shleimus. Now, this is, this is an amazing thing. Rav Cook wrote a lot about this, this Indian of, 
of, of emotional health and, and physical, physical and emotional health in Yiddishkeit. He talks about the, 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 what's interesting is, is that very often by Rav Kook and Rav Tzadik, they, they talk about the same things very often in different languages, you know? Rav, Kook, Rav Tzadik is much more, you know, uh, less poetic in his style. Rav Kook is much more poetic, but a lot of times they talk about the same sugya. This inyan of golos, of not having a base of Migdash, resulting in a lack of physical and emotional health of Klai Yisrael is something Rav Kook talks about a lot. He talks about the difference between Yiddishkeit of Chutzlaretz versus the Yiddishkeit of Eretz Yisrael, for example. He, he, he termed it as uh, the Yiddishkeit of Chutzlaretz is unnatural. It's an unnatural Yiddishkeit. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily sit in a natural way. Eretz Yisrael, Beis Hamikdash, that's a Yiddishkeit that should be rooted in, in nature. It, it, should, it should resonate emotionally and physically as well. Rav Kook talked about um, he saw in his days, again, this is going back early 1900s, of when you had the, the young chalutzim, you know, the young pioneers going to Eretz and, and exercising and uh, even taking up arms, and protecting the land. He saw that as like a major Indian in terms of Klaisol getting ready for the return of the Beis HaMikdash because with the return of the Beis HaMikdash, as Ratzadik just said, it brings with it a nefesh. It brings with it emotional and physical health. And he saw those young people, although they you know, they were missing a lot of shlemus in terms of the ruach, but a shlemus in terms of the nefesh, he saw them as trying to build towards. And that's, that's the, the, you know, the, the Rav Kook talked about even doing tshuva, connecting to our tkufa of El and, you know, going into El and Tishrei. Rav Kook was mechadish that there's such a thing as called tshuva saguf, tshuva tivis, he calls, natural tshuva. And he says natural tshuva means, besides doing tshuva for, for an Aveira that your person does, or not learning enough, not davening enough, there is such a thing that a person has to do tshuva for rebelling against one's humanity. And he says that what that means is, on two levels, it means that a person has to return to physical health, dieting and exercise. Rav Kook saw that as a tshuva inyan. It's returning to a healthy nefesh, mitzah guf, and becoming uh, more moral and ethical and just just more emotionally stable and well-rounded and, and grounded, he saw also that as, as tshuva. So tshuva was much more, was much, it was, 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 um, it was greatly expanded by Rav Kook in this way that it moves beyond just finding shlemus or, or perfecting oneself spiritually. It's about part of tshuva is perfecting oneself uh, physically and emotionally. And that was all the avayt of a mincha. So when a person brought a mincha, it was an unbelievable thing. The person, you know, w- was expressing hakar for one's emotional and physical health. And, uh, and probably the opposite also. By bringing mincha, it probably helped your emotional and, and physical health because that's the, way they're running, that's the way it goes. You, you know, you thank Hashem for something and he says, you know what, I appreciate that, I'll give you more of it. That's usually the way it goes. So by us learning about a mincha and by us trying to be mechazek, being enough tshuva, both on a spiritual level and on a very human level, to, uh, to, to be able to have this chus, to be able to see the return of the Beis HaMikdash, and the nefesh and the ruach of Klaus will be reunited in full. Amen. Amen. Amen.